Tonight, we are going to talk about the trans experience and how it relates to your life. Coming up right now. Welcome to The Gaily Dose. We are so excited that you are here with us and that you've taken this time in your day to prioritize you and that you've trusted us with your brain with your space and your time to influence you. And we hope that our message for you today reaches you and helps you become a better person. Um, we would ask you, as we always do at this time, just take a moment. You have no idea how important it is for you to subscribe, like, share, follow. We just appreciate your support so much, the many of you who have already been such a great base for us. Thank you. Click, check, pop, whatever it is you have to do. Remember, we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So love us back, okay? Right. And uh, this episode is sponsored by? Oh, it's sponsored by AHF. AHF is a healthcare service that services the gay community, the entire spectrum of the gay world. And even if you don't have money to pay, they will make sure that you get taken care of. So if you need to find them, go to ahf.org and they will see that you get taken care of. Yes, and we so appreciate their sponsorship. Now, if you're watching us and not listening, you are seeing that we have a very special guest with us. Um, Di Diane and I are happy to welcome Miss Tony Michelle. Hey, everybody. I'm hello, so excited hello. to be here with new friends we and new family. We are so excited to have you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I will tell you all, family, that you know um, we're very intentional about the people that we bring onto the show and have been. Um, we just really celebrate specific intersections and take some time to think about who's coming on. Tony Michelle is our first planned black trans woman. And when you understand the intersection of of that you understand how important it is for us to lift up these voices in the midst of our community. I hear a song coming on. Right? You, you, oh, you hear the song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there are many songs inside. Yeah. You don't even know. Shout out to yourself because you're awesome. Yes. <laughs> so um, we did have Hope Giselle kind of pop on the show, oh. but Tony Michelle is someone who has really worked here in the Atlantic. Community. They're not related. Yes. No. <laughs> um, but they are sisters, if you get me. Um, so Tony. Michelle, will you please give us a little bit of an explanation as to who you are yeah. and for our listeners to understand how they can support you? Absolutely. Well, again, my name is Tony Michelle Williams and I go by Tony Michelle. My pronouns are she, her, and beautiful. And I am from Atlanta, honey. I'm from the A. I do so many amazing things with so many amazing people from entertaining, drag performance all across the city of Atlanta, all the way to Norfolk, Virginia, Ooh. to supporting the babies, queer babies and trans babies in my family and also in the city. Um, and also, <laughs> and also leading a fierce and fabulous organization called the Solutions Not Punishment Collaborative, AKA SNAPCO. We are a black trans and queer led organization really dedicated to building power and creating more safety and alternatives for all of us to live, to vision, to hope, dream, and be our best and authentic selves. Um, yeah, that's like my pride and joy, you know, working with SNAPCO and working with all of the amazing people um, at SNAPCO um, and just being a part of this larger movement. 
And how can people learn about your organization? Where would they go? Yeah, so you can definitely check Snapco out at www.snapthenumber4freedom.org and follow us on all of our social media handles. Snap, again, the number four freedom. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So we are... Um, this is a really special episode for us. This is number six. So if you're going through this self-study with us, this is our number six um, value to becoming the happiest, gayest you possible. And um, and it, it may be, I'm, I'm really excited. It was called the me inside and identity. If you mm -hmm. think about our community, what makes it unique from other communities is that we both embrace identity and our sexuality as really important things to value, cherish, and lift up, um, as opposed to the traditions of a lot of religions and thoughts that have looked down on these two variants in 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 humanity. Yeah, there's a and lot of that. There is a lot of that. Yeah. And in reality, these are extremely naturally occurring extremely intentionally occurring by the creative forces that have brought us to this world and things that we should value and celebrate. And as a community, uh, we believe that these are important for straight and gay peoples to really, truly value. So that's why Absolutely. this is such an exciting episode to me. Um, the physical manifestations that we are, right? If you're a short Jewish woman, as Marcy would say, right? She is not a short Jewish woman. She is a tall Jewish leader. Ah, okay? that's true. So her physical manifestation is not actually who she is. And our trans community is the strongest and most obvious and most dramatic example of that. They cannot deny who they are. And I will tell you right now, I even tread carefully as I ask questions because for so long, our communities, even the gay and lesbian community, have not given appropriate respect and understanding to this experience. So today, we're gonna learn about this together. So I'm a learner, I'm, I'm, being, I'm le being taught. Um, my first question to both of you is to really um, share with us a little bit about your process of becoming yourself um, and, and what that was like as, uh, as you'd like to share. Yeah. I can kick us off. All right, kick us off. Yeah, so um, again, being a black girl from Atlanta, um, I, yeah, I love music. I love trap music. I love R&B and soul. And so music, family, and community has always been a big part of who I am. I think when I think about um, the process of transformation and the ways in which we're all shaped as human beings in the world and the things that um, shape us, right? From, we talked a little bit about religion and spirituality mm -hmm. and um, community. Um, you know, for me, what shaped me is the most has been my family um, and the dynamics that my family and I have, um, have had. Um, and, yeah, this was actually a really hard question. I'm like, I jumped right into it. And I'm like, I like swimming. But I'll start with like saying that there was a lot of things that I've had to overcome, you know, um, from overcoming and understanding not just what identity is, but what my identity is, was a process. It, it took time, right? Um, first, one thing that I had to get over was just my, you know, insecurities. Um, and my fears, um, I had to get over myself, right? And the things that I knew that I was capable of, whether it was the transformation of, or like you used the language, physical manifestation, 
or, you know, the transformation of my happiness and my joy. You know, I had to not be afraid of it being possible for me. Um, and that took work. That took a lot of time. I had to get also get over giving a fuck, you know, like, I don't know if I can say that on the podcast, but like literally I had to get over giving a fuck um, about what people thought, um, about other people's visions, about who I am, who I was and who I will be and really get clear about the things that I cared about. And then I would ask myself often, you know, what's at stake? And my answer each time was my joy, my comfort, my vision of myself. Um, and so really asking those hard questions, being inside of that journey, we call it a healing journey, but it's just really living and breathing through each moment, right? Um, and being able to acknowledge and be present for each moment. You know, those are some of the obstacles um, that have made way for me to have such an expressive and like authentic, like joyful, silly, you know, personality and identity. Yeah. What about you, Nayan? Well, uh, for me, I'm kind of a newbie at this. I have been out for the last year and a half. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And as many of you know from long ago, um, when I was a little boy, I loved my mother's clothes. I loved the colors and the designs and the shoes. And looking in the catalogs and magazines, I just loved all that. And then when I got to the men's stuff, I was like, bleh. You know, it's just so, I just didn't. I just didn't feel inspired by any of it. Mm. And so I've always had kind of a small feminine frame and, and a very sensitive person. And so when I came to discover that this is who I really am, it was so easy to move into that into that mode. I, I, I've never been happier. I'm living my very best life these days. Yes. So that's kind of the, the long and the short of it, really. Yes, yeah. living your best life. I am. I really am. That's Truly, I am. possible, right? Yeah. And you know, when I came out, uh, a very public story in the Jewish Times came out about me. Oh. Photographer finds true self. And I did not lose one single client. None of my commercial uh, clients or personal clients. I didn't lose any friends. Um, and it just told me that I had the right friends yeah. and the yeah. right clients. So, well, yeah, we're glad. So life is good. We're glad yeah. that you have come into your full understanding. And you know what I think me is too. really interesting, though, is uh, Tony Michelle kind of referenced this process. And I'm going to propose to you all that I think for all of us, identity is something that you continue to step into. Yeah. Um, you continue to have the opportunity in life to shape and refine. Um, and I loved how your original characterizations are around family, right? We've talked about that. Like our family is like the first, the first other individuals that help shape and form us. And then we get to overcome or use that uh, to fuel us going forward. Mm -hmm. I did want to express that um, even coming out gay, right? And identifying, embracing that is a form of the identity that a trans person goes through, it's not the same shape and form, but it is a different form. It's something that's inside me that I have to express to the rest of the world for you to know it. Yeah. Right. And that's a where I really, I really understood that that's such a, you know, I, you know, when no one can know that I'm attracted to men looking at me, no one could also know if I identify as a female, right. Until you share that with the rest of the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I do find that, uh, that if you have a scale that goes from female to male, 
if you were born female, if you're born male, I think everybody lives in this spectrum all the way across the spectrum. And, and some men, are, you know, are very feminine, but they're, they're, they like women, you know. Mm. And there are some women who are very masculine who, who like men. But the, everybody falls across that spectrum. And some of us were just born in the wrong bodies. And once we find that harmony, our life really begins to take off. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. Yeah, I would agree. And, um, and also just thinking about this like this spectrum or you know i i really see i really see just a galaxy of of you know stars and um planets yeah. and things of just how people are just simply placed you know i think that we can talk about a spectrum and we could talk about male and female but when we are considering going beyond the binary and thinking beyond, we're thinking beyond the binary and embracing like this non-binary concept is really important that we are able to expand, especially when we teach, especially when we mm. teach, expand the ways in which we, um, yeah, which in which we categor, um, in which we put people in, like in categories, and the ways in which we really describe the process of how people even identify. And I'm, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm getting a little lofty, but I think we have to just really consider um, when thinking about the spectrum. We have to consider that it's not, it even goes beyond what male and female is, right? It's about your creation and your performance. And if you are perfectly placed, if you are perfectly designed where you are, it's, it takes time to, to figure that out, right? Mm. Um, and that's like the power of thinking beyond the binary and thinking in like non-binary ways. It's that it's just the possibility of something existing beyond the spectrum or beyond this kind of like linear way that we've existed and thought about existing. I really like you. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I really do. That is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That really makes a lot of sense. Well, and it's truly true because we just, we, we think like this and this line as opposed to like, well, maybe this is a sphere and there's masculine and feminine in it and there's varying degrees. So it is not it's just not binary, right? Yeah. Which is just how we are told. And it, it extends to more than just our sexuality and identity, but we'll, we'll get into that. So I want to ask you all, what do you think the advantage is of having the trans community being such an integral part of the gay community? I would say that my experience so far has been that people who are in our world are really sensitive and uh, and very understanding people. Um, and in fact, they see things in ways that most people who live their regular straight lives just can't see because they don't have the experience of that um, kind of exposure to the world. And I think that as trans women, we really need to be treated like the American Indians treat their trans women as shaman and as, as leaders, and as um, people of great wisdom, because there are certain things that we bring together that nobody else has experienced. Yeah. And so I think that's a, just a very valuable intersection 
um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, you hit you hit it on the mark. It's about having experiences that no one else have. Um, I think that particularly trans people and queer people, we all have this the magic of love, like igniting love. Um, whether it's like self-love and how it like permeates through families chosen and given. But, you know, we have to, in order to survive, and, you know, we see a lot of suicide amongst trans and queer youth um, and isolation and homelessness. And in order to survive, there is a certain love that we have to acknowledge in a way that cisgender people don't have to acknowledge at an age in order to survive, right? And yeah, so I, 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 agree I, I do believe that um, just queer people in general, not just trans people, but um, queerness as it is the non-binary, right? Even inside of like blackness and um, folks who are of color, there is something that in order to survive, there are things that you have to acknowledge and be aware of um, at an early age or you just simply won't. You yeah, you have to choose certain things that are going to make sure that you survive. Yeah, I, I have to say, there's so much about our community that wouldn't be here without trans lives, um, and that's one thing that I think the the story has become more clear um, to uh, to many. Uh, when you think about Stonewall and other activities, these were very very important people who couldn't deny, they couldn't hide yeah. who they were, and so that made them unfortunately part of that story, but also fortunately because I think you're right, we have a view of the world um, that sees the that almost sees how the culture affects the least uh, the least desired, right? We are often the other in most communities. And regardless of race, the queer community can always be the other. Yeah. And so we see where the community is challenged the most because we've suffered a lot of its worst grievances. And so with that clarity has mm-hmm. the capability of becoming a leader for that community to help it transform and overcome its weaknesses. And more so you all than, than most can speak to a lot of that from both the perspective of your born gender and your actual gender. Yeah. Um, it's really quite interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to see how we continue to learn yeah. about this intersection. Can I say something else? Yes, too? please. I think that um, one thing that trans people have taught me in my journey um, is like the power of permission. Um, and I just think like trans people, we talk about advantages, it's like trans people give you like the, our core existence, give you th- the permission to think beyond and then to also be beyond and mm. to practice something different for yourself. Um, and a lot of times we, you know, think about sexuality as that kind of base of permission, but it's not just about sex, it's the permission to express yourself to sing to shake your titties or do whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to well, like feel have, more in your body if you have you know? titties to shake but honey, if you have titties to shake shake I, shake, you shake know, your chest i say but those who have titties shake them and bump like this and if you have chest bump like this too. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what you are absolutely right and i want to i don't want to leave that i do want to talk very quickly about a sponsor of ours rsandrews.com rsandrews.com has been amazing they have sponsored several of our episodes so far Um, rsandrews is a great place to go 
for your plumbing needs, your electric needs, your HVAC. Um, they, uh, when you go visit them, um, tell them we sent you the Gailey Dose. Um, they are supporting our community. We can support them and they can help you out with your, your household needs. So yep. check them out, rsandrews.com. Yes, yes, indeed. We love a good HVAC guy. We do. A person. Yeah, we like a good duck cleaning. Too. Oh, <laughs> So my next question to you all is really about this aspect that we were kind of hitting on it. Why is exploring your identity? Why is spending time in it so important? Yeah. Um... Hmm, that's a great question. You're welcome. <laughs> I uh, am struggling with this question because as a person who's been impacted by violence interpersonally and systemically by police and or school systems who didn't have the capacity to hold how I express myself. Mm. It's really, really hard to to say, well, to to understand the concept of having time to think, because the reality mm. is that, you know, young black kids, and um, I remember we talked earlier today about um, you meeting some youth from the lost and found um, who are struggling with homelessness or who are struggling um, also with violence. And so it is, how do you have time to be inside of who you are or to think about or consider? I think about even, you know, single mothers, right, who are out here taking care of ra and raising their children. You know, what, and particularly who are young, you know, where is the time to really sit and shape the concept of you, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are dealing with capitalism, trauma, all of the things that are keeping us back, right? And so um, it, it's really hard to, yes, it's important, but it's really hard to talk about the importance when the reality is, no matter what the importance is, the reality is that our people, trans people, queer people, black people, women, all women, um, youth, we don't have time because we are struggling to fight against all of the different systems um, and people who are trying to, what we mm. say, oppress us, right? Um, but it, it is it is really important to have the time to shape who you are. Um, and I just, I know that so many of us aren't awarded that, you know? Yeah, it's fair. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's definitely it a privilege. It is a privilege. You know, I, I see the same thing. I mean, when I started to explore the feminine side of me, I really needed the help of therapy. Mm -hmm. I really needed that because so many of us do not have the understanding to look inside of ourselves. I mean, we see everything that happens on the outside of us, but what comes from inside, we're rarely aware of. Yeah. And getting to a point where you start to sense who you are and how you want to be takes time and deep thought. and. Good therapy, never be afraid of that, um, and being really honest with the people around you. Yeah. Because I, I have always found that if I share with people that I'm trans, they're like, oh, okay. They don't, because I don't have any, I have no fear of it. It's like, I am who I am, and that's the way it is. 
And people love that. They're so responsive to that that somebody's willing to say, hey, I am me and that's it. And fuck you if you don't. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, well, I've, I've cursed a few times. Lady, so <laughs> You're good. Join the club. I'm sorry. But I mean, if, if you can't buy that, then we don't need to be friends and that's okay. But I find that I have a lot of friends. A whole lot. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love I, that for you. I think that identity, I think, so first of all, I want to take a moment and say that there is a lot of privilege to being able to spend time in identity. But I will say as well that identity is a way to choose a kind of freedom from the expectations that others have painted for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So I'll use well the said. example yeah. of um, some of my my trans baby dolls, um, some of the girls here in Atlanta. You know, there's so many images given to young trans youth of highly sexualized or, um, um, you know, that there was the sex worker categorization of the past and you're given certain images or certain stories and you think you need to step into those stories. Gay men, hypersexualized. I need to be buff and rough and get lots of dick. Like these are stories that we're even perpetuating onto our own selves. Those are not your identities. You choose your identity. You can spend the time, and I would encourage you, everything about this dialogue is about you choosing your most elevated form. If we all choose our most dignified form and our most authentic, dignified form, then we're able to raise ourselves up. Um, and it's a lifetime. But can it's I still shake my titties? Yes, yes you can. Oh, yeah. okay. better. <laughs> but that's the point. You can shape them because you've chosen this is my path, right? And you've thought about it. And guess what? The good news is as you're going through life, there's nothing you can't read consider yeah. right you know yeah 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 which is beautiful yeah i definitely agree and and also want to like lovingly challenge some perfect because we it. are we're still you know we're still thinking about the reality of um when we're thinking about privilege we're still thinking about the reality of people not having space and or clarity mm. support to choose right and so on the subject of sex work, yes, or in hypersexualization, yes, the women are oversexualized and hypersexualized in our culture. Um, and it also gives permission for people to accept and to honor femininity in yes. ways that has not always been, right? I mean, I think about the mother. Beyonce, who is the epitome and the embodiment of femininity, love, and and beauty, right? And strength. Um, And and strength. Power. You know, this new album, she's really giving, you know... And sexuality. Transsexual vibes, and we love it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Renaissance. But and sexuality, right? And so it does give, again, a, a different permission for all people no matter what, I didn't need to be able to express themselves. Um, and I think that, that it, there is some advantages, right, that we should be talking about. Um, and then who has control over those narratives, yeah. right? Is it like, Beyonce has control of her narrative of how she can be as effeminate, as sexual that she wants to be. Um, and that also, again, that's a privilege. That's also not the reality of so many trans people who have to engage in sex work sex to work. survive. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So I, 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 yes. have, I have a question. Okay, yeah. so how do you handle pronouns? I mean, 
me, I'm 64 years old, and there for a while I was like, I didn't understand how the pronouns worked at all. Have you got any guidance for me? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can. I, I use she and her pronouns, but um, similarly for me, I grew up in a time where pronouns wasn't a thing. I right. started, you know, I was about 21 years old when pronouns became mainstream, and so words like them and they and it um was just as a black trans woman it's just unacceptable mm -hmm. right on in, in my experience um to be able to know that there are people uh, and men um in my family and in, in in our circle who use them and they and the words it to dismiss my identity or to ooh. dismiss how i express things and so being able to um, blend with culture and take on the use of pronouns um, beyond them and they, right, has also been a journey for me. Um, and some of the things that I can support people with is just really, when you're in conversation with people, it's important to just first always model and practice. So introduce yourself by your name and or your pronouns to invite other people to do the same. Um, and if they don't, just simply ask them. Just ask them, what are your pronouns? And just allow that to be a new practice for you. Um, as, as long as you're aware, you can hold the space how you want and yeah. need to hold the space, and people will be invited to. I, I love that. And the reason I love that is there was a time when a gentleman came up to me, this was many years ago, and as he was walking up to me, he said very quietly his name. Just, he just, Bill. And I was like, oh, Bill, how are you, Diane? You know, and, and I was like, that was such a gift that I didn't have to struggle, you know, and, yeah. and, and worry that I was going to misname him. And so I, I can see how the same thing would apply with anybody. You know, how do you like to be referred to? Yeah. What are your pronouns, honey? Yeah. And these days, I see it all the time uh, on the bottom of emails. Yeah. Just about everybody now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super important. There's a lot of people that are of a certain age that dismiss pronouns. And I think it's a really severe lack of respect for my energy if you will not speak to me as I want to be spoken to. Um, and it's very concerning that people laugh it off. I get it. It's different. It's new for some people, but it's really important to people yeah. when it is important. <laughs> well, let me, let me say this. We don't know people's background. We don't know their history. Absolutely. Some people have great pain and uh, horrible experiences with their past lives. And so if you were to refer to a trans woman as a he, or use his dead name, her dead name, that could trigger a lot of horrible experiences and, and remembrances. And nobody really wants to do that. Absolutely. But I do want to say this. If somebody misgenders me, I personally don't get angry about it because I know they're trying, right? And I don't want them to go away thinking, oh, what a bitch she is, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of our conversation, I know that she'll go home or he'll go home and say, I met this trans woman today and she was really lovely and she will she or he will begin to think well trans people really are nice as opposed to oh my god i can't believe you misgendered me you bitch you bastard you know then they'll go home and tell all of their friends all of their family what a horrible person this trans person was so 
Anyway, that's my experience. Yeah, you know what I say with a little humor, honey. Tell them, honey. Let them tell the world how horrible because now they know not to do it again. Okay, but but I do understand. It's just really I think there is a difference too, right? You it said earlier that people may be using they and it because they're actually using them in a derogatory exactly manner. to dismiss you. Um, the other thing that I will say is it is hard. You know, we have to be gracious with our straight community and the people who aren't living in this world. I get it. It's not rolls and roll off the tongue. Um, certainly if it's in our profiles, it's important to us. Um, but I will say this too. I hope we figure out the they. Like I kind of like the neo pronouns with the Z. Like th that one's a little hard because of our structure of our language. Oh, but yeah. you can work on it. If it's something you want to be conscientious about, yeah. you will. And I'll tell you, my hope is youth. You know, my 13-year-old daughter, when she was 11, was teaching me about neo-pronouns. So there's yeah. hope. <laughs> wow. So one thing that we also want to talk about was the non-binary. Yeah. Um, and specifically how exploring the non-binary is good for the soul. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I, I see non-binary kids, um, especially teens, who don't want to be put into a pigeonhole of being male or female. They just want to be them. They just want to be their own personage and not to be thought of as right. a, a girl or a boy, but just to explore the person that they are. And I, I think that's a great, actually, way to get beyond this whole labeling and just express who you are as a person and and if you're if you're non-binary and you don't want to be you know uh, considered a male or a female, hey, I think that's really good for your own spirit and for your own ego. Yeah, absolutely. And for the people who may be asking to your point, well, why don't you want to be called a male or a female or a man or a woman? Why is it so horrible for you to? Um, it's so horrible because it's literally not the ways in which people think it's the ways in which we're told to be right and so there yeah. are so many facets of all of us right yeah. there are times where people may want to whether it's clothing where you want to put on suit a pant a tie a dress a wig a lip a skirt a period okay a lash um you know you should have the freedom to like try that you should have the freedom to express to the people that you love that day that this is where you are and how does it look what is it giving you know yeah. can you help me put it together without being judged or condemned With, exactly and so again it gives the non-binary really gives and transness gives permission for people to be able mm -hmm. to express who they are, how they are, and when they want to be. I think that that is really the power of the non-binary discussion that we don't get to talk about as much. And then there's also some, some tensions, right? Um, there are tensions about um, violence and who is receiving the most violence, right? When we're advocating for people and we're advocating for pronouns, um, I share with you like my discomfort with uh, people's, what I personally don't use them and they pronouns. Um, I'm in solidarity with folks who do use them and they pronouns, um, but I know what it triggers inside of me, the stories that turn, and so I would prefer you just to use my name or use she, her, beautiful, right? Um, and so just um, 
And as a black trans woman, um, I experienced violence at a different rate. My mm -hmm. girls, my sisters experienced violence at a different rate than other folks. Um, within the LGBTQ po population, um, particularly as it relates to transness, binary transness, right? right. And also non-binary experiences. And so to really be able to talk about, you know, who is actually receiving the most violence, how should we be talking about this in a way that doesn't erase the experiences of trans women who are um, who are living within the binary concept of womanhood, right? Um, and also how it impacts people who are non-binary and, you know, and how it impacts them. And so I think that those are conversations that, you know, particularly black people, black trans and non-binary people, um, Latinx um trans people and queer people are really being in need to discuss amongst ourselves just around how do we navigate that knowing that we all are susceptible to to violence in ways um, depending on how people perceive us um, and our pronouns. I, I wanted to say that this violence piece and the non-binary, I'm just encourage you so I was a little bit slower to the non-binary train, okay? So I was kind of like, okay, that's sort of some interesting thought over there. What I found is, is I, have, I am a person who is taught that, I think to survive as a gay man, my masculinity was really important to me, okay? It really helped me survive a lot of things about my childhood. However, as a more mature adult, and as I've really embraced non-binary thoughts in some areas of my life, it really starts to sort of, you stop categorizing yourself yes. and you stop asking yourself, are you this way Helmut or this way? You're just Helmut. Yes. And as a really truly evolved person, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm so feminine here and I'm feminine here and I'm feminine here <laughs> and it's magical and it's wonderful and it's really highly skilled. And men and women in the straight community who embrace non-binary thinking will be more happy in their own reflections of masculinity and femininity that are in them and they'll be able to celebrate them more because i promise you there it's in all of us yep. this blend yeah. of the masculine and feminine i have seen women who are leaders of their families and make all the decisions and it looks beautiful because the mm -hmm. children come out superbly where's the masculine feminine in that it just is who that person is so Absolutely. just want to just state that the, the non-binary is is another aspect for you to explore whether you're in a trans and non-binary community or you're just a straight person. <laughs> yeah. Well, Helmut, thank you for bringing that up. And I appreciate your male viewpoint on this, actually. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Now's a good opportunity, I think, to talk about uh, one of our great sponsors. Yes. yes. Um, Framers on Peachtree has been around forever, and they do magnificent work with framing your art. So go see uh, Brian over at uh, uh, framersonpeachtree.com and he'll be able to take care of you and fix up your art and just make it stunning for you. Yeah, and tell him the Gaily Dose sent you. Oh yeah, tell him that. I love Gaily Dose. Dolls everywhere unite. It's the call to Kiki. So this is the part of a program, the call to Kiki, um, where we talk about some of the learnings that we've had on the show. And specifically, this particular call to Kiki is brought to you by Lost and Found Youth. 
Um, oh. Check them out at lnfy.org. Um, this is a fabulous group that is a not-for-profit that collects money and funds together to create homes, effectively. Home, shelter, education, training for queer youth that are found um, on our streets. You know, and it's a yeah. really, really important org. Donate. Go there, oh. lnfy.org. There's a big old donate button. You will never have spent a better dollar. So many of our kids who have been kicked out on the streets by their families have been taken up by this group and given a life that they can love and live and enjoy. And I, I couldn't endorse donating to them any more than I could. I mean, yeah. go to their thrift store. Lost and Found Thrift. It's fantastic. Yes, one of my faves in the city. I know, Absolutely. me too. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up with two questions, my favorite two questions. So the first question is, what do you feel more strongly about or what have you changed in terms of your thinking from our conversation today? Hmm. Um, wow, that's a great question. I have learned so much from you, honey. Oh, thank you. I have. No, seriously. I mean, because I, I had not really thought about... Um, the black trans experience, and I, I know it intellectually that, um, that they, as a group, have the worst time of it, violence and uh, prejudice and so on, in so many directions. And I guess, I guess the thing that I will change is more reaching out myself to these sisters um, and, you know, getting to know that community and that uh, your organizations and stuff because I just love that and having friends is like one of the greatest things ever. Yay! Well, so. we can start with a cocktail next week. <laughs> I would like that. Ooh, honey. Mm, what's your libation of choice? <laughs> oh, darling, I call it the Tony Michella. The Tony Michella. The Tony Michella. It's a secret. You have to come to Atlanta and like All right. drink oh. with me, but it's a little whiskey. It's a little rock and roll. Okay, Ooh. okay. Mm -hmm. I, I have a a thing called a hot Diane. Ooh, you should try. Hot Ooh. Diane. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel? What do you feel more strongly about or anything uh, differently from our dialogue? Yeah, I feel really strongly about the power of connection um, and the, the, the power of having and the importance of having intersectional conversations about these issues um, and about teaching. Um, I feel really, really great about the things that we talked about around pronouns um, and the non-binary experience. I think, again, to have these intersectional conversations is really, really important. Um, and these are all new concepts, um, whether they're new or old, these are concepts that we are working with right now in this moment. And so it's really important that we take the time to, to hold space for it. So yeah. I'm really excited about it. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna I don't often answer this question, but I'm going to just re-reflect the same answer Diane gave. And that is this, as we sat here and I sat in my privileged position in some areas and I, I would make a statement and there were just slight things that you would say, Tony Michelle, that were just like, I was like, oh, dang it, she's right. So we have to recognize that unless we bring all parts of the community to the table, which is really what you ended with, we're not going to get the holistic picture. Yeah, we're not going to see the whole thing. No, and it just it reminded me of that and it makes me so happy that um, we've, we had you, but also just reminds me like, 
I feel like I need to more strongly lean into those mixed intersections in our friends, in our families, in our chosen families, in our culture. So important. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you going to do differently? What are you going to, what energy are you going to leave here with based upon the conversation that we've had? Mm. Let's see. What am I going to leave here differently It's with? tough, huh? It is tough. Um, I'm going to leave here with more confidence. Yes. Okay. I'm going to leave I didn't here. think you could possibly have more confidence. <laughs> I love it. I thought you were going to be I mean, you can't have more confidence. There's yeah. no limit yeah, yeah, yeah. to confidence, but I will have more confidence to have these intersectional and like intergenerational conversations. I think, like I said, I think this, they're really, really important. Um, and they're also uncomfortable sometimes. And so mm-hmm. to have beautiful people, amazing vibes, beautiful views, um, um, cultivates that confidence a little more. Who are you talking so, about? you, <laughs> you. Yes. Did you not know? <laughs> our like camera crew and support yes. in this amazing space that we're in. How, how about you, Diane? How do you feel about maybe something you'll do differently? Wow. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. It just opens me more up to the entire experience and the entire existence of our family of, of the rainbow spectrum. I mean, really, it does. I know on Facebook, I don't see too many black trans sisters, mm-hmm. very few. Um, and I don't know why that is, but I know that there are even groups among the trans and the cross-dressing community ostracize those who are different from them or how they think they should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that level of inclusion should you know, step up, and I'm going to see that I do some more of that. Because, yeah. I mean, we're all the same inside. We all just want to be loved and cared for and appreciated, and it doesn't matter where we are on the spectrum or where we are on our color of skin. Yeah, yeah, that's very well said. Yeah. I um, I just want to say that I think identity is an area that we have just embarked upon, opening that gate in our society and really exploring it. And I think there's a whole lot more in this path yeah. so i'm excited for the next 50 years to see what we do as a humanity with this beautiful reality um, and i want to tell you we're in a p- time of discovery so get excited about identity get excited about the non-binary and be willing to tear down walls in your own perception because you're going to be a happier person yeah i'd go with that yeah I'll, I'll be 114 in 50 years so <laughs> okay okay I'll okay 80. <laughs> I'll be 96 so okay but my point being um, this isn't a very important value it's one that we really do truly believe that you should practice when you do you will come to a better understanding of yourself and in the end we want you to love yourself more we want you to turn that love around and love others and we want you to remember to smile thanks so much bye thank you Bye. Bye. bye everybody 